I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. Recruiting podcast, we haven't done one in a while. And like we always say, the recruiting podcast, we're able to just cram so much more information in a podcast than we are able to put into text. And uh, no, we're not going to transcribe the, po- the, the podcast. Uh, we ask that what we say here stays here. We ask that you don't take it out on the boards. We ask that you do not share the podcast. Um, it's for our subscribers because we appreciate you. We want to protect you. You guys, you know, make an investment in the site. We want to make an investment into you. And this is just our way of, uh, you know, giving back and giving you guys what you really want and really, really need. Scott Eklund, Oregon. <laughs> the impact with Oregon's recruiting on um on Washington, and I think it's real important, you lay out the timing of this and their timing going to the bowl game and scheduling visits on campus. Not sure people really comprehend how big this is. Yeah, are, are you talking about their big recruiting weekend that they were talking about having? That, boy, it's not a dumpster fire. That was just kind of a nuclear explosion because it just yeah. wiped everything out. Well, yeah, well, first of all, you have the coaching change. Willie Lyle's leaving, and they're still kind of looking for their coach, although we we hear they're starting to zero in on a few guys. You just said, but, Willie, you just said Willie Lyle's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that seriously was a Freudian flip. That was not uh, uh, <laughs> Willie Taggart. Sorry. Same thing. Uh, but Willie Willie Taggart leaves heads to Florida State, and so they're they're trying to go out and search for a new coach. But then, um, you know, the thing is, they had a big recruiting weekend set up for the fifteenth of December, which is the last recruiting weekend before the mid year signing day. And then all of a sudden, Oregon falls to the Las Vegas Bowl, which has their game in Las Vegas on December sixteenth. So the Oregon Ducks won't just be there on the 16th. They won't be in Eugene pretty much all of that week. So uh, you you have to wonder, you know, what Oregon was thinking. And, and really, you got to believe that they're not used to this mid-year signing period. And, and I think it really caught them off guard that they could possibly have a conflict with a bowl game. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're going to see the mid-year signing period move from December to probably August. Um, my guess is like right before the start of fall camps um, so that these coaches don't have to worry about, you know, cause that's a big recruiting weekend and they're, they're not going to be able to have kids in the weekend before signing day, which is what a lot of schools want to do. So man, yeah, a, a big oops on their part, but something where I could actually see that happening to other schools too. So in a nutshell, there's two weekends left before the signing day. Yeah. This weekend, Oregon doesn't have a coach, so everything's been canceled. And then next weekend, and they're not here, they'll be in the uh, bowl game. So the next two weekends, while every school in the country's got guys coming in, Oregon's got nobody. Well, yeah, I I don't know if that's 100% the case because I think Mario Cristobal might still be bringing some people in this weekend. But you're right, Kim, and it it really throws a wrench into their whole – their whole system and what they've tried to do. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the coaching 
change definitely affected them. But, boy, I think the uh, bowl game and, and scheduling their big recruiting weekend really screwed them up, too. I would anticipate a coach being named at Oregon Thursday afternoon or uh, Friday uh, morning. I really anticipate that happening so they can at least try to salvage a little bit of this recruiting class. Yeah, and and see, I would agree with you on that. I um, we're not going to turn this into a coaching, uh, you know, podcast or coaching carousel podcast. But are you hearing one guy over another? I'm hearing that it's Justin Wilcox. If he um, interviews and he feels it a fit, Justin Wilcox is the guy. Don't put a lot of uh, credence into Justin having played there. It's got to be a fit. And uh, from what I'm hearing, and we'll talk about it later, if they do hire Justin Wilcox, he's going to put together a really good sc- staff that would be scary, uh, specifically or, on the defensive yeah. end. Or at least have the potential for it, definitely. Correct. So, but getting, you know, let's get get into the recruiting, um, you know, uh, stuff for Washington. I think the biggest news and the most discussion is 24-7's rank, re-ranks came out. Big, big movement on some of the guys. And I think probably the biggest question mark is the defensive lineman out of Highland, Idaho, uh, Highland uh, High School, Tommy Togiai. What happened? Yeah, I, you know, I, <clears throat> you know, Brandon Huffman and, and Greg Biggins do a really good job out here on the West Coast. And, and the 24-7 guys didn't have a really big presence out here. They were relying on guys from the Midwest to recover guys out here for recruiting as well. So, the dynamic has really changed, and I, I think the 2019 class is when you'll see that reflected. Blair Angulo is also a Mountain West guy, you know, the Mountain Region guy, and and I think he'll he'll help out things as well. I think one of the big reasons why he dropped is because the competition in Idaho isn't the best, and you know he had a great senior season. He dominated the state championship game against Washington's quarterback you know of the future Colson Yankoff and boy I you know it, it surprised me 171 spots dropping from number 31 down to uh what was it number uh 240 or something like that I mean it was a ridiculous amount that he dropped and uh it's it it, it is what it is you know there's really nothing you can you can do about it and Honestly, does it really diminish uh, Tommy Togiai's abilities? No. Does it diminish Washington's interest in him? No. So fans, while I understand they really get into rankings and stuff, I've never been a big fan of um, the rankings for looking at it and worrying about it too much. If Washington likes a guy and prioritizes him, it means they like him. They don't care if he's the 500th recruit in the country, they are, they are going to want him. So, um, you know, I, so he actually fell 31 to number 210. So he's still a top 247 player in the country. He's just not as good as, you know, highly ranked as we thought he was going to be. Where does uh, Washington stand with Thomas Togia? You know, Togia is, is a guy that just doesn't talk to the media. His family isn't real big on talking to the media either, although things have leaked out a little bit here and there. I have had a conversation with his mother real quick, and, um, you know, she just gave me a few few quick things about things that were going on and everything. Currently, Washington has already had their in-home with Chris Peterson and Ikaika Malloy. You know, Ikaika Malloy is in-home, I believe, uh, today. Uh, with Tommy Togiai later tonight, he'll have his in-home visit as well, and he'll also do an in-home visit next week. My guess is probably Pete Kwiatkowski will go on that trip, uh, along with Ikaika Malloy. Um, 
Ohio State had their in-home visit on Sunday, and Urban Meyer, there was there was a report by Bucknuts, who's the Ohio State site on the 24-7 network. There was a report by Bill Kurelik, who was really tied in, that Urban Meyer was going to have a visit on Tuesday, but that is incorrect because they can only visit once per week. So Urban Meyer has rescheduled his visit, or not even rescheduled. He His visit was scheduled for next week anyway, and it was just uh, miscommunication on the timing and everything. So that's what it looks like right there. You know, Urban Meyer is going to get the last uh, head coach in home. I still think Washington leads, but, man, it's it's real touching go. Until he signs that letter of intent, I don't know if anyone on any side of this, Ohio State, USC, Washington, any of these schools, I don't think anyone could feel comfortable at this point in time until he actually signs a letter of intent and sends it in. When you take a look at other uh, Washington targets and commits, risers, fallers, what else stuck out, uh, stood out on the new re-ranks, Scott? Well, first of all, Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Archbishop Murphy, he uh, is up from 152 to now he's 102 in the country. He's a He was a big riser, 50 spots. Marquis Spiker, who is a wide receiver for Washington, he's the only commit on Washington's list that, that uh, jumped. Um, he went from number 116 to number 77. By the way, people, look. Austin Osborne is a very good wide receiver, and he is going to come in in the spring. I think you're going to see him contribute. Marquis Spiker could be the best wide receiver recruit to land at Washington since Reggie uh, Williams. That should tell you something. He is special, and he is going to have a huge impact at the University of Washington next year. Another uh, guy hey, that I quick, think hey, – Real quick, quick, Scott, before you go on. With uh, Marquis Spiker um, – was Bush Hamden involved with Marquise at all? I know he, he was, was with Austin Osborne, but what about Marquise? Well, so um, these guys are in the class that Matt Lubick ended up uh, recruiting to. So um, uh, Bush Hamden had laid some of the groundwork with Marquise Spiker and with Austin Osborne. He was recruiting both of those guys. But Matt Lubick is the one who had the relationship with both of these guys for a very long time. And he he is the re- – I. I don't want to say Bush Ham didn't have an effect, but Matt Lubick is the reason why Marquis Spiker and Austin Osborne were so sold on Washington very early in the process. I, I think uh, Ham did more so on Osborne than Spiker because I think he was pretty involved in Osborne because that goes back a while, back a ways. It, so. it, it it does, but Matt Lubick sealed the deal, right? And and um, and obviously Chris Peterson and what Washington has to offer these guys don't sign on to Washington and don't commit to Washington for one coach or whatever, but their relationships with Bush Hamden a, a little bit, but Matt Lubick, man, that, I mean, that they really want to be part of this thing with Matt Lubick. And, and I think Washington is going to do what they can to hold on to Matt Lubick. Other risers, other guys who stood out on that re-rank list, Scott. Um, well, Treshawn Harrison is someone that everybody seems to be really focused on, even though he's probably not coming to the University of Washington. He's out of Garfield. He was committed to Oregon for a while, has decommitted, has reopened things up. But it sounds like, you know, depending on the hire that they make, he could wind up recommitting to Oregon. He rose from number 111 to 106. Brian Addison is a safety uh, wide receiver prospect that Washington is very high on, and he, he jumped 41 spots. Um, he went from uh, 139 to 98. He's 6'5", and he's about 185, so he's kind of skinny. But, man, this guy's ball skills are unbelievable. He's making his decision on Sunday. He had an in-home with uh, Jimmy Lake on Tuesday night. 
So, um, and then he announced Wednesday morning that he was going to make his decision on Sunday. Is there a correlation with that? I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, something to keep in, in mind there. Another guy hey, that Scott, Washington – Scott, real quick before you move on. I don't think there's any chance on Sean Harrison. I don't think Washington is interested. Uh, on Addison, I think they're making a big push on that. Am I reading that wrong? No, you're not. You're not. Washington has definitely made a big – part of the reason is at 6'5 and 185 pounds, he probably needs at least another 15 to 20 pounds to really be a super effective. But Washington's uh, – you know, Jojo McIntosh has been playing free safety the last couple of years and Taylor Rapp will drop back there and play, you know, cause they, they kind of play a side, but man, Brian Addison, you put him in center field next year, um, put him in center field as a free safety, kind of being able to go either to either side of the field with his ranginess. And then you put Jojo McIntosh and, uh, Taylor Rapp up closer to the line, man, you're talking about an athletic secondary who can make some plays on the ball. Jojo McIntosh is not great in coverage. Brian Addison is. So that would be a win-win for Washington in the secondary. Add Brandon McKinney to that mix. Oh, yeah, and Brandon McKinney, too. I, did, I didn't mean to forget him. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Washington's got some talent back there. But, you know, uh, Taylor Rapp might go pro after after next year. Yeah. He has that ability. And Jojo McIntosh has one more year of eligibility after this year. So, they're going to need to replace, you know, and and it sounds like things are picking up with Julius Irvin, the the cornerback uh, DB out of uh, uh, Servite, who could play safety as well. And it sounded like he was a USC lock, but it sounds like Washington has gotten back in there and they had an in-home with him last night as well. And they love that kid as well. Yeah, I mean, Washington is really pushing on some of these guys. I, I, I would be... I, I would be pretty excited if I was Husky Husky fans. I know they're a little worried about Kyler Gordon making the trip to Notre Dame this weekend and 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 th- stuff like that. And that is something to look at. But Stephen Blaylock is coming up on an official visit. We'll get to the unofficial or the official visitors in another podcast. But Stephen Blaylock is coming up. He's from St. John Bosco. He, by the way, went from unranked to number one fifty one in the country uh, on the on the new list. But you know, you got uh, Julia Servin, you've got Brian Addison, you got Stephen Blaylock, you got Kyler Gordon. That's a nice group to choose from, right there. That that group, and then you have Dominic Campton already in the boat, and and so Washington's secondary recruiting, I think, could really help cap off this class. The rankings on the quarterbacks: Colson Yankoff, uh, Jacob Sermon. What happened with them? Uh, Sermon dropped from 106 to 165, and Colson Yankoff dropped from 32 to 74. But Colson Yankoff, I think one of the reasons why he's ranked so much higher than Jacob Sermon is because of his athleticism. I think they, I think 24-7 really leans to guys who are able to run around and be a dual threat guy. Um, and that's really Colson Yankoff's game, whereas Jacob Sermon um, is more of your pure pro- pocket passer, NFL kind of quarterback. And I think that's why his his numbers are a little bit lower than what uh, Colson Yankoff says. Yeah. Any other uh, things that jumped out at you just in um, the rankings? You know, I, you know, Trey Lowe. A lot of people want to wonder why Trey Lowe dropped. He went from one thirty four to one forty three. He dropped nine spots after, especially after the season that he had, where it's like twenty six hundred yards and forty some odd touchdowns, and he missed three games due to a being in the concussion protocol. So, um, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people want to know about him, but again, 24 seven didn't have a huge presence out here on the West coast. They don't know about a lot of guys like Trey Lowe, 
who isn't even in the top 247 uh, rankings. And I mean, he's a guy who easily could have been with his talent level and, and the way he plays. So, you know, Jack Sermon uh, went from 208 to 225. He just won his second state championship. That's something that I think some people need to know about. Washington had three guys who are committed to them out of their 14 commits. Three of their commits won state championships this year. Jack Sermon in Tennessee, uh, Dominique Hampton down in Arizona, and um, Mateo Mele in Arizona at a smaller school. But still, three state champions on the on the, on this roster uh, on this uh, commit list, and I don't think you can throw. And one of them got to the state championship in Colson Yankoff. So. You know, Washington's got got some guys that are used to winning, and I think that's going to help uh, increase just the winning attitude going on in this program. It's going to be a busy, busy, busy couple of weeks coming up. Uh, you know, uh, Washington is evidently heading down to the bowl game on Christmas Day, so they'll get those two full recruiting um, weekends in this weekend, next weekend. And the signing period is not just the 20th, but the 20th through the 22nd is when they can sign, Scott? Yes, yes. They'll, they'll, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, regular signing period because I think they have a full month to sign, but most of the signing will, signings will be done on the 20th. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Any, uh, any other last-minute items that we need to touch bases on, Scott? Uh, well, one name that I actually left off of the secondary recruiting was Asahari Crosswell, a guy from Long Beach Poly. He uh, dropped four spots from 153 to 157. Washington kind of pulled off of him for a little while. But now they've really thrown their thrown back in with him, and he's going to visit in two weeks. So uh, he's another name that people need to remember. He's a very talented guy, and, and Greg Biggins has mentioned on our board that if Washington makes a strong push on Asahari Crosswell, uh, they, they have a really good chance of, of reeling him in, and I think that would be a good pickup. All right. Uh, visitors in this weekend, we will break all that down on Friday uh, Friday's recruiting podcast. Um, again, you know, we just like all this information to stay within the site, um, not put a lot out on the boards. Don't share the link and don't share everything with people outside of, uh, the network. So anyways, it's going to be a busy couple of days and, uh, Gonzaga basketball coming up on Sunday as well. So, Hey, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs.